You asked for it. Now you've got it. The ultimate FIFA soundtrack has been decided with iconic artists like Muse, MGMT, Saint Motel, Blur, Billie Eilish and more making their return in FIFA 23's new World Cup mode. Play the World Cup now in FIFA 23 on PlayStation 5. FIFA 23, the world's game. PlayStation. Hello listeners, before you get into the latest PS5 episode, I'm here to let you know that each week you could get this episode and all other episodes ad-free and up to three days early. Not only that, you can also gain access to Patreon-exclusive PlayStation shows that focus on sales numbers, all-time lists, showcase predictions and more. Head over to www.patreon.com forward slash latest PS5 or click the link in the description to join our PlayStation community and show your support. Now enjoy the show. Incredibly exciting. It's really about as a developer. Amazing feeling. Morning. Good afternoon and good evening. Yes, I'm stealing yours, Alex, everybody. And uh, welcome to episode 122 of the latest PS5 podcast. We've got a lot to get through this week. What was supposed to be a quiet week where we just talk mainly about awards and, you know, things like that and nominations and stuff. Out pops Microsoft and Activision and Sony's fun little uh, battle at the moment where we've got loads of interesting information. So we're going to go over that. We've also got uh, the Golden Joysticks winners. We've got a date coming for Grand Theft Auto 6, possibly. And we're going to talk The Witcher on PS5. And who better to talk all that with than my co-host, Mr. Alex Sylvester. How are you doing, Alex? I'm doing all right, man. I'm doing all right. A lot of news to go through, man. A lot of this stuff I'm excited to hear for myself. So uh, I can't wait to dive in. Excellent. But before we talk about what we've been playing, can we just take a moment to wish a happy birthday 22 years old in the UK, the PlayStation 2 launched. It's 22 <laughs> years ago. I sat there in Scotland and I caught a train down to Birmingham because obviously when pre-order started, I wasn't in the country at the time. So I actually did catch a train for six hours to pick up a PS2 SSX snowboarding. <laughs> what a game. What a launch game that was. Alex, before we move on, uh, PS2, 22 years old. What game reminds you of PS2? <clears throat> um, Not much, really. That was just like a kind of a miss <laughs> for me. <laughs> uh, probably, uh, tech, was it Tekken Tag? I think the first Tekken Tag was on there, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Tekken yes, Tag so tournament was, launched with it. Tekken Tag tournament launched with it, and I think that was like, yeah, that was that was massive. Um, and we also had like what Tekken Four, I believe, on there, uh, which mm-hmm. was okay. You know what I mean? It was very uh, what's it called controversial. It was a polarizing first, Tekken yeah, game. Yeah, yeah, the first game with the levels on the, the levels, you know where it yeah, affected yeah, yeah, the moves. So it did, yeah, yeah. I had a lot of fun in that game. Um, but yeah, man, uh, I can't believe it. Obviously, Fight Night, <laughs> you know. So. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Put a tail end on PS2. I think for me, obviously, the standout, obviously, you've got Pez. You know, that was the birth of Pro Evolution mm-hmm. Soccer on the PlayStation 2. You also have um, the iconic and the highest reviewed game via Metacritic on PS2, Metal Gear Solid 2 Sons of Liberty. We can't get over that tanker mission. That was stunning. Um, and I think... 
Yeah, there was just some, some great games on there. Shout out to, the, which we're going to talk about God of War later, but shout out to the original God of War, you know, which launched. Who could have thought yeah. that, that game launched on PS2 and just start? And it, <clears throat> did you know it was only supposed to launch in North America? Because they didn't think it was going to be really? a big game. They didn't think it was going to be a big game or it would click with the <sighs> European market or anything like that. So, you know. Yeah, really, okay. really funny. <laughs> really, really he's a Greek god. He's a exactly. Greek god, right? <laughs> <laughs> and look at where we are now, right? But 22 years old. Happy birthday, PS2. <laughs> we'll move on. Alex, what have you been playing? Uh, I've been playing some Tetris 99. I haven't got my hands around Tetris Effect just yet, but uh, I've been jumping on Tetris 99. Um, you know, the thing is, I've been playing it on the uh, the Switch just because it's just nice and portable. Um, but yeah, that's what I'm missing, man. I want a portable PS5. I need one. I need Sony. I think the members of Sony or any of their listeners or ninjas to be listening out to this make some type of portable PS5. But because I need that in my life. If you look at games today running on the Switch, let's be honest, the Switch is really really spitting out its guts now on some of these games right it's punching above its weight man it has been you could you could it's the equivalent of playing your phone in remote play on 3g you know what i mean yeah. all you need to do is yeah. get yourself a backbone controller leave your ps5 on standby and you have your portable ps5 which plays fine as long as your internet is decent you know what i mean yeah i guess that's true I guess so that's there you true, go but... so you want to play tetris effect you can you just need you know that's not gonna push the boundaries that backbone controller but it doesn't have that haptic feedback. It doesn't have the resistive triggers, does it? Well, they need oh, to mate. create if, a device. If, if a portable machine had that, what like properly what the the dual sensor does, your battery life's like going to be like fifty five minutes. You know <laughs> yeah, what I mean? Exactly. Those yeah, haptics yeah. will take it away. Um, they would, they would. I've been playing as as I was God of War, and I'm playing the way it should be played. I'm just taking my time. I'm doing the favors, aka the side missions, when they um, pop up. And it just adds to that story because I've seen a lot of people and they've rushed a game uh, while Russia campaign finished it. And then they're like, yeah, it's great. And then they focus on the side missions. But, you know, if you just take your time and you do the side missions as you're playing, it just adds layers and context to the story overall. So I don't want to say yeah. what bit I'm at because I don't want people to like message in and tell me how far I am from the end or anything, but I'm 27 hours <laughs> into the game, um, which is longer than it took people to oh, finish nice. it. But as I said, those side missions are amazing. The lore is amazing. I'm just taking my time and I'm enjoying it. Mm-hmm. That being said, Alex, well, we're going to do things a little bit different this week. Instead of going straight into the news, and there is a lot of it's news to get into this week. Oh, Alex is just showing me a Tekken cup. Yeah, yeah baby. My coffee today. <laughs> That's it. Um, instead of going into it's the news this week, oh, yep. even better. Adds a punch to the drink, right? But as I was saying, uh, instead of going into the news this week, we are going to start with Demi, who is going to bring you not a game recommendation, but something a little bit different. Okay, listeners, usually now will be the time where I recommend a game for you all to check out. Just one. But in honour of Black Friday, one of the most wonderful times of the year, let me introduce to you my top five Black Friday sale promotion picks of the week. These are all through the PlayStation Store, so remember to run there. Absolutely do not walk and check these out as soon as you can. We'll go from number five to number one, shall we? Because I feel like that is the most appropriate here. Number five, the Batman Arkham Collection. 
This will give you Batman Arkham Asylum, City and Night for just £12.49. Yep, three stunning Batman games for just £12.49. This is crazy. Now, at number four, this one is just a no-brainer and this is still blowing my mind. The Last of Us Part 2 is just £9. £9! What are you waiting for? If you have not already checked this out, now is the absolute perfect time. Now, the Hall of Fame worthy Red Dead Redemption 2 is just 1814, which is a 68% saving. In my opinion, this is one of the most immersive open world games ever made. So unlike the rest of the world, again, if you have not already gotten this, perfect perfect time. At number two, the quarry for PS5 is a massive 50% off, $64.99 down to $32.49. If you loved Until Dawn or the dark pictures, you will love this. Now, this one isn't a game, but this is probably the wisest decision you will have made this year. So let me tell you, do you want PlayStation Premium for a year for just £64. Hmm? Now you're thinking, Demi, the PS Store 12 month is only 25% off, so how do I get it cheaper? Well, let me tell you, Amazon have the £75 gift card on promotion for just 64 All you got to do is simply purchase from Amazon, redeem via the PS Store, and use towards your premium membership. Boom. I'll let you in on something as well. Sonny has stacked his membership for three years. And to be honest... Sonny, I do not blame you. Smart guy. Smart guy. There you have it, folks. You are welcome. How amazing are these? I will be back next week for more Black Friday offers. I am the plug. So make sure you stay tuned. Get ready for the next battle. Thank you very much, Dummy. And there are some great offers in that list. But Alex, let's go straight to number one on that list that she mentioned. PlayStation Plus Premium Membership. It costs $99.99 a year. Sony, at the moment, on the PlayStation Store, you can buy that 12-month membership for 25% off, which is £75. But as Demi said there, if you go to Amazon, you can buy the £75 gift card for just £64, redeem it on the PlayStation Store, and then you get your 12-month membership for just 64 quid. That is a bargain and a 36 pounds off. You know what I mean? <laughs> but, I mean, that is amazing. That's freaking amazing. Amazon know what they're doing. They saw Sony's promotion, and then they put the 75-pound card down to 64. <laughs> bargain. Absolute bargain. bargain. Um, so, um, as she mentioned, I have stacked. So, uh, I'm stacked now. I'm good to go for a few years on the PlayStation Store and the PlayStation Premium. Oh, so you can still tier. do that then? You yeah, you can stack. stack now. You can stack now. The only thing you can't do is if you have PlayStation Premium already active, you can't downgrade it until that membership is finished. If you bought the Black Friday deal, if you buy a Black Friday deal, it has to. It's only PlayStation Plus Premium that's in Black Friday, wow. so um, that's the only one that's actually on price promotion. But Number five on her list, Alex, the Batman Arkham Trilogy. All three games, Asylum, City, and Night for just £12. That's crazy. That That is absolutely... Awesome games, awesome games. You cannot lose with any one of those games. So, yeah, you'll get those bargains, man. (laughs) Indeed. All right, listeners, here we go. We're going to get into the news now. Number one. Okay, listeners, strap yourselves in for this one. This is a long one. 
It's a very long one, actually. But don't worry, we've broken it down and we'll go over each section and then we'll talk about it before we move on to the next. A new report suggests that the FTC, which is the Federal Trade Commission in the US, will file an antitrust lawsuit against Microsoft in an attempt to block it from purchasing Activision Blizzard. The report cites three anonymous people with knowledge of the matter, though the lawsuit being filed in the first place is still yet a sure thing, as there's still a few steps to be completed before that. If a lawsuit was to be filed, it would potentially be the beginning of the end for what would have been the largest acquisition in the gaming history. Having Call of Duty, Candy Crush, Overwatch and World of Warcraft all under one roof would be a huge advantage for Microsoft in its efforts to claim the top spot among gaming industry's three main console manufacturers. Unfortunately for Microsoft, however, each day it seems like more regulatory bodies across the world are leaning more towards blocking the deal than letting it go through. And just as we say that, Alex, China themselves have blocked that deal from going through. So before we move on to anything else, it's starting to fall now, isn't it? It's starting to come into place now. Is it, isn't it? And we're actually, we're Saudi Arabia and Brazil really fast agreed to it. What made me laugh about Brazil is they agreed to it. And then a day later, a, an initiative between Microsoft and Brazil was announced. You know what I mean? It's just one of them, but China's <laughs> a big one. China because, is a massive market. Because yeah. that means Microsoft, if the deal was to go through, wouldn't be allowed to publish <clears throat> Call of Duty Go, you know, the Call of Duty mobile game in China, which is where it's big audiences. Yeah, it's very true. And it would be a shame because that's obviously going to be a massive paycheck, which they're going to be missing out on. However, you know, the world is still a very big place, you know, so if they just double down everywhere else, I mean, you've got upcoming economies like, I don't know, like India, you got the whole of Europe, you got, you know, you got the Americas. Well, we've got a lot of places. So China is just one small fraction of it. Hopefully they've got a big enough um, uh, bank balance uh, to keep everybody happy, though, because that's what it just seems to be. It's just a money game right now, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, well, sticking with the Activision deal, Microsoft's ongoing efforts to finalize its purchase of Activision Blizzard has led to quiet the back and forth between Sony and Microsoft, something that we've covered every step of the way in this show. And the latest in that battle actually comes from Microsoft. In an effort to dissuade the UK's CMA of Sony's allegations that this purchase would be detrimental to developers and consumers, Microsoft admits that Sony has its has at, at its disposal many exclusive titles that are of much better quality than those available on Xbox. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, you heard that right. Microsoft said Sony has us as I can't pronounce this, but Sony has at its disposal <laughs> many exclusive titles that are of much better quality than those available on Xbox. This is what Microsoft said. <laughs> it is implausible that Sony, the leading console with more than a two-to-one to lead, would be foreclosed as a result of not having access to a single franchise, says Microsoft returning to Call of Duty as a single franchise. Microsoft is quick to compare PlayStation to Nintendo in this way, arguing that as the case is with Nintendo, PlayStation's first and third-party exclusive titles will keep the company competitive in the industry. Alex... Microsoft moving back and forwards, but now they've come out. First, they said a few weeks back that uh, Sony has more exclusive titles. Now they're just blatantly coming out saying their titles are better than ours. No shit, Sherlock. <laughs> no shit, especially for this year. Anyway, in fact, for the mate, for, for the last like uh, few, few, you might as well go into like decade. <laughs> <laughs> but this is 
what they're hoping to turn, right? You know, they're trying to play the uh, the sympathy card. Oh, we don't have as good games as the others, and that's why we've had to purchase everything to make sure that we can at least stand tall with these guys. And like, realistically, people are just, you know, they're trying to pull the wool from a lot of people's eyes. We all know what they're trying to do. You know, it's a massive play to make sure they can dominate some of the biggest franchises ever. Um, but yeah, like we're seeing, we don't know whether it's going to go ahead. I mean, Alex, I'm just you're... intrigued. <laughs> But if you work for Ninja Theory or The Initiative or 343 Industries or anyone else that has made Microsoft games over the last few years, you just feel like you got slapped in the face. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? You buy your own parents. Well, well, it's true. It's true. But, you know, like you said, you know what I mean? Well, we've mentioned loads of times on this podcast, which is games sell consoles, right? So if they've got a lot of good games, you know, hopefully that will draw all the consoles in. And obviously everybody, all the other smaller studios, We'll actually get a look in and have like a decent, um, uh, well, decent sales. They'll see decent sales with their properties and ideas that they're developing. So, you know, it all goes hand in hand. But uh, I, it's I, there's a lot of haters out there, and to me, me personally, I hope, I hope that this deal goes through because the industry needs a massive shakeup, and this is exactly what's needed. I think a lot of companies are getting a bit too comfortable. And this will just keep everybody on their toes. And, you know, even if everyone's in, there's lots of competition. We as the gamers, we're the consumers, we all benefit, right? So, um, yeah, come on. Stop being assholes, man. Just let this deal go through. I mean, for me, the only reason I don't want this deal to go through is I'm not bothered because I only play the COD campaign, so it don't bother me. And there's not really, Activision don't really pump anything out that I play. Problem is, when you see shit go to Game Pass, you see the quality drop massively, and it becomes quantity over quality, as you've seen with many Game Pass launches. And that is what scares me more than anything, is that will quality, which seems to be the case, and something Phil Spencer admitted recently, that, you know, we've launched games too quick, so now we're taking our time, you know, and... The only reason Starfield got delayed, it's Microsoft's biggest launch. It's Bethesda's big, big, big game. And apparently it played like shit. So they delayed the game. You know what I mean? And I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, Game Pass is literally Netflix. You know what I mean? And it's a case of you see the quality bar drop massively on that sense. So it worries me a little bit. And that's my, my thought on it. But we're going to keep going, Alex. Sony has suggested yeah. that Microsoft's planned acquisition of Activision Blizzard reduce PlayStation's ability to compete in mature first-person shooter market, effectively having the brand become like Nintendo. Despite Microsoft previously commenting that the likes of Nintendo Switch, which have achieved big success without Call of Duty, Sony argues that Nintendo's strategy is different in the sense it does not rely on 18-rated shooter franchises. Microsoft claims that Nintendo's differentiated model demonstrates that PlayStation doesn't need Call of Duty to compete effectively, but this reveals Microsoft's true strategy. Microsoft wants PlayStation to become like Nintendo, so it would be a less close and effective competitor to Xbox. This is Sony, by the way. Post-transaction, Xbox would become the one-stop shop for all the best-selling shooter franchises on consoles, Call of Duty, Halo, Gears of War, Doom, Overwatch. As the decision explains, and it would then be free from serious competitive pressure. The franchise is firmly entrenched in gamers' psyche. Every installment since Call of Duty was first released back in 2003 has consistently topped the charts. Ignoring these facts, Microsoft argues that Nintendo has been successful without access to Call of Duty. This misses the point. The decision identifies a wide body of evidence showing that Nintendo offers a differentiated experience to Xbox and PlayStation because it is focused on family-friendly games that are very different from Peggy 18 first-person shooter games like Call of Duty. 
this is the thing that seems to be the crux and what pushed China to deny it and what the UK and the FTC are looking at now is that Microsoft, they offered Sony a deal. Sony said no. The rumor came up that a 10-year deal had come on now. And again, it wasn't satisfactory because it means that you, your plan is, even though it is a 10-year, is to take the game away from other platforms. And it is a single game, but it's a single game that, it's a cultural event every single year. It's like FIFA is a cultural event. Grand Theft Auto is a cultural event. And, you know, a Marvel film like an Avengers, it's a cultural event. Call of Duty is big. If you're coming into, well, let's take out PS5 and Series X for the moment. If you're planning to buy a PlayStation 6 or an Xbox 4320, then Can't you're, wait for that one. <laughs> as, as, as a gamer, people have to understand the biggest market for gamers aren't hardcore it's just casual people who will play fifa or gta or card they're gonna look at it and think oh well i, I can get it for free on game pass i'm going with xbox this is what sony are trying to say and they're saying you're taking that away from us and you're leaving us without it sort of thing but what's your thoughts on sony pitching it now that you are <laughs> taking it away <laughs> come on man grow up <laughs> Uh, okay, this is a, going back to my previous point. Yeah, and this is the reason why I really want this deal to go on. <clears throat> yeah, with uh, Microsoft pretty much dominating the FPS, the first-person shooter industry, you know, this this is a good thing. I guess obviously that means that everybody else from the likes of Nintendo and Sony can't really compete. But it also means that if they do want to compete, they need to step up. You know, they need to come out with, um, they need to double down and develop franchises or genres or develop within these genres so that, you know, they can stand toe to toe with these established franchises. I mean, look what made Sony uh, as popular as it is today. It's acquired so many different companies, none of which that they actually, they grew from the ground up. You know, they were just already independent studios, which they've just brought under their own umbrella. And um, I mean, the only one who is different was the likes of, say, uh, the Nintendos, the, the Segas, the Ataris of the day, you know, those who used to create and generate their own talent. But Sony, Sony just bought a whole lot of studios and Microsoft is now doing the same thing, but on a massive level. Yeah. And they've just so happened to just take one of the biggest genres, which is FPS right now. So, you know, they're just playing the rules. They're just playing a game that Sony, you know, established. So then where do you when. put it? Where do you put it where Sony took the biggest first-person shooter live service option, which is Destiny, bought them for $3 billion, and then said to Xbox gamers, don't worry, we're never going to take it away, and did it in an official statement, and said that we're not. there's no plans whatsoever to take this experience away from you. But then you have Microsoft, who is like shopping and changing with Call of Duty. What's the difference? I think, I think to be honest, I think Microsoft are going to stick to what they're saying because obviously it makes a lot of money for them to sell it. Has Microsoft? It to ever, this is Microsoft we're talking about, dude. Microsoft, <laughs> no, you know, exactly. the evil family. Have they no, ever stuck evil. to they're anything? Evil. They're not evil. <laughs> they, they did. All right, look at this. The one example that they keep putting up with, yeah, is Minecraft. Yeah, they could have easily taken that massive behemoth of a game. It's massive, and it sells most of its uh, units. On the Nintendo Switch, you know, and if they wanted to be really assholes about it, they could have taken it off and made it a complete exclusive for PC and Xbox only. But no, they put it on everything because they know this 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 deal, this this Activision Blizzard deal, is an expensive uh, transaction. They need to get the money back, and the only way they're going to get it back is from competition. So yeah, release it on Nintendo, release it on the Sony platform because they have the numbers, you know, and Xbox obviously doesn't. You know, so for the small slice of the market that Xbox has, they can cater to those, you know. But remember, Sony's got, you know, um, 
innovative IPs, u- unique selling points like the the controller. You know, they got the haptic feedback, the resistors, triggers. You know what I mean? They got VR. These are all areas which Sony's going to be doubling down, and nobody really can compete on them with those because they've got exclusive deals with the manufacturers of these technologies. The same thing for Nintendo. Whenever they come up with whatever genius idea they're going to come out with, which just shake the whole industry. So Microsoft are aware of this, you know. So they're not going to take it off because it would be them shooting themselves in the foot. They can't recoup all that, not with their current install base. You know, so things will potentially change if they can change the uh, numbers, but I don't see that happening right now. <laughs> not more well, not I mean, for the next ten years, at least. <laughs> I mean, Nintendo don't shake the industry; they they shake Smith's toys because that's where their audience is. But finally, yeah, that's fine. Final that's fine. bit of exit information. <laughs> don't get everybody in there. Everybody, this everybody's is granddad and grandma playing yeah, the next Mario is, game yeah. or Zelda. <laughs> this is the most exciting part, Alex. Uh, this is the final bit. According to a confidential document that has emerged as part of the CMA investigation into Microsoft's Activision Blizzard buyout, Sony does not expect the PS6 release to happen before 2027. In a response to the CMA, the format holder discusses the length of time that it expects the Call of Duty franchise to remain on PlayStation formats and suggests it will lose access to the first-person series in 2027. It adds that by that time it launched the next generation of a PlayStation console, it would have lost access to Call of Duty and other Activision titles. This indicates that the PS6 will not be released until after that window and that PS5 will enjoy at least a seven-year life cycle. Sony claims that the loss of Call of Duty would leave its console business extremely vulnerable to consumer switching and subsequent degradation in its competitiveness. Sony did actually mention the year that PS6 is expected to be released in the statement, but it is redacted in within the document, um, and it was completely blanked out in the public version. So there was a date in there, Ooh. Alex. You know what I mean? There was a date redacted in the official <laughs> one, but we kind of gauged. We spoke about it at first because we were like, yeah, it's going to be like five years, maybe six years, but because of COVID and everything like that. And ever since PS3, and PS4 and PS5, it went from a five-year generation to a seven-year generation because you've got those pro models now, haven't you? And you don't need to mm. quickly get a big, powerful behemoth out. And yeah. PC market as well, you don't fall that far behind the PC market by the end of a generation because it's so expensive now to get a PC yeah. even more powerful than what it already <laughs> is. Card alone. And yeah. I mean, there was rumors that TMC were looking at one um, nanometer chips but it's billions and billions of dollars and it's nowhere near ready until after 2027. You know what I mean? So everything's aligning down that line. You know what I mean? Um, Mm. But it looks like, I mean, it's safe to say that we're miles away from it. It means that GTA six will bloody launch this generation. (laughs) (laughs) It has to, (laughs) but I mean, I mean your thoughts then on obviously that the next generation Xbox and the PlayStation six, in terms of those brands won't won't be yeah. launching until after 2027. Obviously, we know Nintendo will probably go around about 24, late 23, if we're lucky, but it'll probably be spring 24. Um, <laughs> but your thoughts then, then now, now that we know that PlayStation are talking about it and redacted the year that it was in, which is probably fall 27 or 20, early 28. I feel I feel really disappointed to hear that they're actually going to make a, you know, they're going to make a successor to this amazing console. You know, it really kind of makes me feel cheated almost, man. I mean, this is an amazing piece of kit. You know, hardly anybody's got their hands on it right now, <laughs> and they're already talking about a successor. I'm like, well, what's the point? You know, what's mm. the point? They should really at least they shouldn't have said anything. They should have said, you know, what we want to do because we've had such a stodgy start with this generation. 
it's going to extend a bit longer than we should we normally would have expected and we just hope to develop it but uh but yeah ps6 well i don't need a ps5 anymore and i can just start saving for that, that next iteration <laughs> start saving I mean, it's, it's, pennies. It's, it's, it's like what i mean when you think about it we're still actually only in 2022 yet so once we hit new year it's 23 we've still got like four years of this you know yeah. so we've got plenty of time they'll probably you know they'll probably have like a like a um, like a subscription model you know what i mean where you can just pay a certain amount of money you just get the next console or whatever well i think the one thing we do guarantee the reason why they dropped the, num- the number now I think the reason, the only thing we can guarantee is that we'll have a, a attachable disk drive in the, for the oh, PS6 yeah. if they do decide to keep a disk drive in there, you know. Um, but that's everything from the Activision well, um, statements that have come out. There is one more, but that's a separate story, which Alex will bring us later. Um, but we'll move on to number two, Alex. So take it away. Yeah, let's roll on. Uh, it's that time of the year. It's award season. Uh, so you get ready to discover the joy- Golden Joystick Awards. Uh, and the 2022 winners. Uh, the show, which took place on the 22nd of uh, November, uh, is now in its 40th, year, 40th years. Jeez. Oh, no, man. Wow. That's crazy, right? Um, hold on. So does that mean that it was about... What about... I thought it all came from Games Master. Wasn't that Games like Radar. the original? Yeah, Games... No, but be, before Games Radar, wasn't it? Was Probably that the did. original? Probably yeah. did. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, anyway... Um, going off topic slightly. All right, so the show which took place on Tuesday, the twenty second of November, uh, is now in its fortieth uh, year and continues to recognise the talent presented all across the video industry. And here are the awards relevant to this show. So we're not going to tell you all the boring stuff. So anyway, uh, starting off with the best storytelling that went to Horizon Forbidden West, an amazing game. Uh, still playing award Genshin Impact. Uh, best visual design went to Horizon Forbidden West. Sorry, um, Cult of the Lamb, Ghostwire Tokyo, uh, A Plague Tale, Requiem, Lost in Play, and Elden Ring. Sorry, those are all the nominees, and the winner was Elden Ring um, for best visual design. Uh, for best indie game, Cult of the Lamb. Uh, best multiplayer game was Elden Ring. Critics' Choice Awards also went to Elden Ring. Best performer, Manon Gage. Um, I haven't heard that one. Any good? Have you heard of that one? Nope. nope. I, I mean, right, I know so, it was yeah. Marissa Marcel from Immortality, but never played the game, so oh, not right. a clue. Okay, cool. Oh, sorry, yeah, that was it. Sorry, my apologies. All right, anyway. uh, PlayStation Game of the Year. So we had uh, the nominees were Gran Turismo 7, Horizon Forbidden West, Elden Ring, Last of Us Part 1, Sipu, brilliant game, and Stray. And the winner for the PlayStation Game of the Year went to Stray. Uh, and then for the Ultimate Game of the Year, the nominees were... Gran Turismo 7, Horizon Forbidden West, Immortality, Mario and Rabbids, uh, plus Rabbids, Sparks of Hope, God of War, Ragnarok, Return to more Return to Monkey Island, Teardown, um, Xenoblade, Chronicles 3, Bayonetta 3, Call of Duty, Modern Warfare 2, Neon White, and Elden Ring. And guess who the winner for the ultimate game of the year was? <laughs> Elden Ring. I think that was a surprise. Yeah, so... Uh, as we can see there, Elden Ring was cleaning up a lot of the... Um, yeah, won four awards. It was the big winner. Four, the big winner. Really good. Uh, get, I've yet to play it, but any of you listeners, if you played it, let us know in the comment section below if it's any good. Does it still have um, a playability? Have you finished it within 48 hours? Which hmm. I think was a suggested playtime. Yeah, it's interesting because, like, uh, obviously the joysticks are the equivalent of, like, what, the Golden Globes or something? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but again, you can see, depending on where the uh, awards are held, you can see that there's some, yeah, 
we need to get some more British talent to win. We need some British studios <laughs> to win and stuff. But I just don't understand yeah. how like a game can win PlayStation Game of the Year, which is Stray, and then it's not nominated in the Ultimate Game of the Year. I'm just like, surely, if the, surely yeah. the Nintendo Game of the Year, the Xbox Game of the Year, and the PlayStation Game of the Year, and the PC Game of the Year should all be in yeah. the nomination for Ultimate Game of the Year, right? If you kind of know. But yeah, I get it. It off. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. I mean, don't get me wrong, Elden Ring. We know that this year it's gonna be the it's gonna be a race straight shootout between Ragnarok and Elden Ring, with the expectation that Elden Ring is gonna clean up. You know, Elden Ring is gonna do to God of War what God of War did to Red Dead Redemption Two. You know what I mean? Um, it'll probably be like an eighty twenty split on awards between those two games. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, yeah. I want to shout out. Horizon Forbidden West. Uh, when you finish that game, the storytelling, just not even in the main missions, but just the side missions and stuff as well, mm. is so good. It really adds to the lore in um, overall in that world. So definite shout out yeah. to Horizon Forbidden West on that one. This episode is brought to you by Starbucks. Discover festive magic with red cups at Starbucks. Find joy in every sip with a toffee nut latte. Have it hot for the ultimate winter warmer. Embrace the chill by getting it iced. Or go all out with the new Toffee Nut Cream Cold Brew. Festive favourites are back at Starbucks. On Starbucks Delivers and the Starbucks UK app. While stocks last at participating stores. Must be 18 plus to use the app and delivery. T's and C's apply. Hello, latest PS5 community. It's Demi, and I'm back with another shameless promo. If you enjoy listening to the latest gaming news each week, then you will absolutely love our YouTube channel. Over there, you will expect to see a variety of videos such as live reactions, predictions, gameplay, and so much more. Search latest PS5 podcast in YouTube or click the link in the description. Also, while you're at it, help to support our channel by subscribing so you never miss a video. Do it right now subscribe right now i'm watching you i'm gonna give you zero seconds to subscribe done it good back to the show now make me feel it make me feel alive again snake you can't defeat me with a weapon like that and we're back alex number three Developer Sony Santa Monica Studio has announced that God of War Ragnarok has become the fastest selling first party game launch in PlayStation history, moving a staggering 5.1 million units during its first five days alone. This is a franchise best too, as God of War 2018 managed to sell 3.1 million units in the first three days following its PS4 launch in 2018. Sony went on to say thank you to all the PlayStation fans who made God of War Ragnarok the fastest selling PlayStation Studios game ever. And congratulations to everyone at Sony Santa Monica on this amazing achievement. Um, Yeah, Alex, 5.1 million copies sold. Uh, your thoughts on that? Um, because we said last week that their internal expectation was three and a half million in its first week. So it absolutely smashed their internal well. expectation. They did, yeah, they really did. I mean, that's really impressive. I mean, uh, well done to the guys at Santa Monica Studios. They've made an amazing game, and obviously the sales reflect that, and the fans are loving it. I don't really think anyone's actually said a bad word about the game. So, you know, all the accolade that it's getting, it's, it's definitely... Alex, I'm just deserved. telling you straight, as I said at the top of the show, the side missions, the story, the lore, 
a notch above 2018, but the combat, oh my god, the combat is just you take 2018's yeah, combat and you you yeah. you you inject some steroids into it and you've got nice. this, you know what I mean? It's insane. <laughs> Absolutely yeah, stunning know. game on that one. Um, really just to give you some in comparison, uh, the top five fastest selling PlayStation games over launch in under five mm-hmm. days. Fifth, Ghost of Tsushima, 2.4 million it sold, right? Mm-hmm. Fourth, God of War, 3.1 million it sold. Third, Spider Man, 3.3 million. Second, The Last of Us Part Two. 4 million sold and then now number one god of war ragnarok 5.1 million sold we knew it was something special when we just saw just how many people were like videos of people queuing up outside stores around the world on launch day you're like oh this is going to be special this is going to be a big number but i didn't think it was going to beat the last of us part two you know what i mean and i and i love it and it's going to hold that record for a year because i'm pretty confident and i'll say it now that spider-man 2 will beat it you know <laughs> when it comes out so it's one of them until then until then but yeah i mean they've, they've, they've stepped in, they've stepped into the uh the best-selling club which nintendo's been a part of for so many years now so like i said to you earlier it's like yeah it's really amazing massive milestone but this is just like a tuesday for nintendo all our games uh-huh, come uh-huh. well and knock out five mil i knew you were gonna say that uh i thought to myself <laughs> he's gonna say something stupid so if of course i'm gonna say you the facts. only <laughs> Only four Nintendo games sold more in the same time frame, and three of them were Pokemon. So technically, <laughs> only one Nintendo singular game sold more. Do you know what game that was? We're talking about exclusives, right? Exclusives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, go Listen, continue. Uh, Alex, <laughs> let's let, let's just let's just get something straight right now for listeners. No third party game on a Nintendo platform will sell. <laughs> over 2 million units lifetime. Nobody buys third-party games on Nintendo. Only Nintendo, Nintendo what games. About? What are you talking about? millions and millions Minecraft. Of Minecraft alone. That's <laughs> like £4, and That's not even a game. It's an app. Oh, sure. You know what I mean? That's third-party. We already talked about who owns it. Yeah, it's Microsoft. It's an app. Anyway, give, give but, us these numbers. Give no, us no, these no. Numbers. Uh, what's your guess? What's this? Not the Pokemon games, uh, but what's the singular game that sold more than God of War? Have a guess. Think carefully. Obviously, pre-Switch, um, these Nintendo games, bar Pokemon, didn't do great. <laughs> so it is a Switch game. Uh, I'm going to guess it's um, Wii Sports or something ridiculous like that. <laughs> no, it's uh, Animal Crossing New Horizons. Oh, right. Yes, yeah, of course. That yeah, behemoth yeah. of a game. See, like I said, yeah, we do this. The only day, other ones every day, are... No so the, the, if there was an award for it, the guaranteed winner, the most broken game of the year award, Pokemon Scarlet and Pokemon Violet is officially the second biggest selling video game at launch behind Grand Theft Auto Five. Uh, it sold ten million <laughs> units in its first you know, week. We should um, we should have like an award, just like the Cyberpunk Awards, Cyberpunk of the Year. <laughs> <laughs> you know, true, definitely. True. Yeah. So uh, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet combined, that's two separate games. There sold ten million. Uh, Pokemon. I've got it written down here. I got. I'm. I'm reading it here. The other Pokemon game was. Um. So you've got it, above. Got if bog if God of War was a Nintendo game, the list goes Pokemon Scarlet and Violet number one, mm-hmm. Pokemon uh, Sword and Shield number two, Animal Crossing New Horizons number three, and then Pokemon Arceus number four, and then God of War would sit in at number five on there. But um, it's. Gotta I be. mean for. <laughs> Can you imagine Kratos chucking a Pokeball out? You know what I mean? 
Hilarious. Yeah, those Pokemon would eat him alive, man. You don't want to see a Pokemon after midnight. <laughs> you imagine him fighting a Pokemon. Just imagine him doing this like death move to a Pokemon. You know what I mean? <laughs> He's standing oh, up to like again, uh, like you know that fight. He should have been. You know what? He should have been. He should have been in Smash Brothers. He should have been in Smash Brothers. But that would I could just picture it now. You look at the trailer. <laughs> you look at the trailer where um, Kratos and Thor run together. I'm just picturing Kratos with his axe running towards Pikachu with all his little fucking Pikachu. lightning in it. <laughs> but let's see who the god of thunder is. Yeah, just yeah. quickly move uh, moving on um, before we get to number four. God of War Ragnarok game director Eric Williams has played down hopes of seeing any DLC for the critically acclaimed PS4 slash PS5 sequel. While addressing fan questions about the possibility of seeing DLC for Kratos on Atreus' latest adventure, Williams implied that it's not happening. <laughs> God of War 2018 didn't have any DLC, <laughs> so it's obviously expected. They put everything... You can see how they originally said that this was going to be a North trilogy with God of War 2018 and then two more. And they said they decided just to put everything into this game. You can see everything is into this game. The game is fucking huge. You know what I mean? It is definitely yeah. ultimate. I'll pay. F- this is one of those games I'd pay five hundred pounds for if it was a game. You know, I won't buy VR, but I'd buy God of War wow. five hundred. You know what I mean? That great experience. It is Ooh, stunning. Could you it imagine it in VR? You know sick. what I mean? But no DLC for that one. There's yeah, not yeah. much really to say right. about that. We obviously just wanted to mention it. Um, but Alex, good. good, good, good. I'm kind of happy with that. Really, kind of just gives a bit more quality to the game. You know, I mean, I was kind of taken back when even when Zelda did that. They added DLC at the end of Breath of the Wild. I was like. You kind of just cheapen the game with it, you know what I mean? When yeah, you release the game, that should just be the piece of work. It's always body work. any 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 story driven game that has DLC is a money grab. Horizon is just the same because you can see that the, that air they they made the game. It was ready. They were like, let's just cut that out. Zelda, same thing. It's an mm. open, any open world game that has DLC, they just cut a bit of the map out. and says we'll make that as DLC and gets a little bit of extra cash out of it. You know what I mean? But mm. a story driven game like this, I'm happy that there isn't because it adds that finale feel to it when you finish the yeah. game like you how do you yeah, put yeah. dlc at the end of 2018 when you've got thor standing outside his house you know what i mean how do you do <laughs> dlc for that that would make no sense but i will say this Alex, side yeah. i did think about this the other day i thought if they were going to make another god of war game what do they do i i don't know the ending of this game i don't want to know the ending until i get to it so i don't know they should go backwards and do it when he's just a normal spartan like go way before even the first God of War game. Oh, like, way before actually really? a Spartan. Okay, oh, where you're wow. in the Spartan army and it's like 300 yeah. style. You know what I mean? Yeah, like you just yeah, think yeah. about Obviously. fighting in these wars with as a Spartan, it'd be sick. Yeah, that you know would, what I mean. That would be sick. I mean, didn't they mention about the developers talking about what um doing Castlevania? Yeah, I mean that was another big one. Um one director there over like, a few years ago says he dreams about making a Mandalorian game. Now one's talked mm. about, oh, I'd love to make a Castlevania game. We don't that know what work. they're doing. With yeah, that oh, whip, dude. you know, whoa. Yeah, it'd be amazing. <laughs> uh, Belmont would finally get That's a decent it. game. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, no, since the originals. Needed. So yeah, yeah, we'll see yeah. what happens um, in regards to Sony Santa Monica. Because now that Ragnarok is out, they're probably having a break. Uh, enjoying and then they'll probably get the pre-production would have already started on their other projects and we know there's multiple projects there but alex let's move on to number four because this is a project i'm excited about yeah so from triple a to another triple a according to a website insider gaming a new triple a game based on the popular sci-fi horror franchise alien is currently in development under the code name marathon uh the website 
cite anyone sources, uh, anonymous sources, sorry, uh, and documents it has seen through it, did not verify which developer this marathon um, is currently incubating in. But uh, Insider Gaming's reports also suggest that this new alien title will be taking inspiration from games like Dead Space and Resident Evil, which thankfully means it won't be a multiplayer-centric title such as Aliens Fireteam Elite. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You know, they just need to... I mean, multiplayer is great. It really is. But, like, it kind of makes developers, I think, and story, uh, the writers, a bit lazy, you know, because Mm. you want to see some really good narrative-driven games. I mean, look at the boom in all these streaming shows now and all these platforms. You know, the one thing that's keeping um, the audiences stuck to their seats or glued to their screens is the narrative. And I think multiplayer just takes it away. So if they start developing more single-player, you know, narrative-driven games, you know, it's only going to up the ante for... But all um, developments come from different studios, so yeah, I'm I'm all in for this. And the Alien franchise, come on, Alien, bro. Well, they've shown, they've shown it can make a decent horror game because you just got Alien Isolation. It was it was it was probably seven hours too long because uh, you were just kind of repeating it, and it was just like this game is boring now. But mm. you, they've shown that it works if you just do it like that, you know. So hopefully it is uh, cut from the same cloth as Alien Isolation. But very yeah. exciting indeed. You asked for it. Now you've got it. The ultimate FIFA soundtrack has been decided with iconic artists like Muse, MGMT, Saint Motel, Blur, Billie Eilish and more making their return in FIFA 23's new World Cup mode. Play the World Cup now in FIFA 23 on PlayStation 5. FIFA 23, the world's game. PlayStation. Do not know everything, boy. Number five, we're going there, Alex. Microsoft has revealed in response to the ongoing CMA investigation into its proposed buyout of Activision Blizzard that it anticipates Rockstar Games to release Grand Theft Auto 6 in 2024. An excerpt from the document clearly Mm. states that the game is expected to launch in 2024, and this is what it says. Take-Two Interactive, which publishes Grand Theft Auto V, remains redacted many years after its release in 2023, and Red Dead Redemption 2 redacted. The highly anticipated Grand Theft Auto Auto 6 is expected to be released in 2024. Both games are considered by major digital storefronts such as Steam to have shooter elements. Grand Theft Auto (laughs) 5 is also available on PlayStation, whereas Red Dead Redemption is also available on PlayStation and Stadia. Rockstar Games hasn't announced anything about Stadia for GTA 6, (laughs) although previous reports have pegged the game for a 2025 launch. Alex, so Microsoft think 2024, and they also think that Grand Theft Auto is a shooter. you got to love Microsoft, man. (laughs) They are really clutching at straws on this deal, right? Yeah, they they really are. But, like, you know, that just goes back to the point from before. It's just like, this this hopefully should encourage other companies to step up and create some decent FPS games. I mean, wasn't it uh, who created it was Guerrilla Games, right? And they had Killzone, yeah, which is a franchise that they kind of left behind in favor of Horizon. You know, great move. But this is, I think, is a uh, an avenue that they really do need to go back and you know explore because that was an amazing game. It looked amazing, I, and it just needed a bit the more development. Thing, I think the big question is that when you look at the the, the transition from PS3 to PS4. PS3 FPS was ruling the world. It was the dominant flipping um, genre, right? Because you did have mm. so many of them where it was Killzone or Battlefield or Call of Duty or Medal of Honor, all these games. 
FPS evolved and it became the live service game where it was Destiny and Overwatch and things like that. That's where for that, that genre has evolved to, whereas Call of Duty perfectly blends the line now because every all those millions of players they play the live service shooters you know whether it be they play Fortnite and things like that but it blends it blurs the lines because it has that single player campaign it has the local co-op that you can do like the spec ops modes and then it has warzone which is its big live service and the online modes and stuff as well that's why it's so big because it still blurs both markets whereas battlefield which sony just completely dismayed in its document which is it's not a competitor whatsoever you know what i mean um it's yeah i mean gta 6 is gonna be that cultural event when it does come out but i mean 2024 i mean 2024 is a good shout they said it's really deep into development you start doing your trailers in 2023 i mean you remember if it does launch 2024 it won't launch till the end of 2024 so you're looking at still another two years (laughs) Before this game comes out, and they won't show a trailer. And that's going to be cross generational, right? Yeah, that's going to be cross generational. Yeah, yeah, right? probably that's will go be. easily. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and they won't and like... show that game until twenty twenty four, like the first trailer, anyway. So, <laughs> yeah. And then we know yeah. they'll announce twenty twenty four, and then it'll get delayed because that's what happens with GTA. It's an <laughs> yeah. delayed, yeah, right? Yeah. They won't even go yeah. at any award show. I don't think Rockstar people realize that Rockstar transcends any platform holder or any award show they just put a countdown and break the website and break the internet right when a countdown hits rockstar's page you're like oh shit oh shit and everybody (laughs) just stops you know what i mean to watch it i remember when the gta 4 trailer launched they had that trailer running in a window of curries on the (laughs) countdown like i remember we walked past and the countdown to the gta 4 trailer was in all the tvs in a curry's window i was like (laughs) what like you know what i mean and then what happened the trailer crashed because too many people were trying to watch it so it was great (laughs) great, curry's for you international fans is like walmart or best buy you know what i mean so uh yeah nice i think um i I don't know you know i'm really happy though um I'm, i'm really happy that Actually, you know, I want to do another PSA to the, the listeners. It's your fault that GTA 6 is coming out in 2024, 2025. Oh, here we go. you keep buying this shit. Like, every goddamn week, every goddamn week. <laughs> if you had stopped buying it, we would have been playing it next year. Like, without a doubt. Because they would have thought, oh, shit, we need to get a GTA game out. But instead, what What did you say, Sonny, yeah? End of 2024. Maybe 2025. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll see what happens. Well, we, we they don't have to worry now. It'll be the middle of the generation because there's no yeah, PS6 yeah, until 2027. <laughs> but um, one game that is coming out, and it's coming out really fast, Alex, you've got the information for it. Yeah, The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt will be getting a massive update to bring it into the current generation of consoles with the PS5 version of the game set to release on the 14th of December. Uh, the PS5 version will have uh, 60 uh, FPS performance mode or 30 FPS quality and ray tracing, real-time global illumination, real-time ambient occlusion, uh, FSR 2.0, dual-set haptics, the new up-close camera options, reworked foliage, improved textures, and LOD, 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 um, light or something, um, awesome and quality of life changes as well. A photo mode would also be added because I know there's some uh, photo mode files out there uh, along with support for cloud sales, saves. Um, there will also be new content included, which I'm pretty happy for, inspired by the popular Netflix series. Brilliant, you know, which I'm also happy for. Uh, but the best thing about this update uh, uh, is that for those who already own The Witcher uh, free on the PS4, you'll be able to upgrade to the PS5 version for free. Oh my gosh. 
that's just good news after good news get, after good get news. Get to your local game store or GameStop get or it. EB and get buy it. that pre-owned version for a fiver because <laughs> then you've got the PS5 version. Exactly. Well, and the fact that they're going to be adding content to it based on the Netflix show, I mean, come on, that's exactly what you want. This is exactly what I had hoped that Naughty Dog had done with The Last of Us Part 1. And he, obviously, it was an amazing feat technologically, but come on, put some director's cut footage in there. You know what I mean? Like something a little extra. It's something to even tease what they could potentially go into um, with the TV show coming out, you know? Yeah. Imagine if they did like a flashback to like Ellie's parents or something like that. You know what I mean? Something simple. It doesn't even have to be massive. But um, but anyway, I'm glad to see um, uh, that The Witcher will actually feature uh, these updates as well. And uh, yeah, there's a lot of Witcher fans out there now. And a lot of fans were just introduced to The Witcher from the Netflix show. So this is a great opportunity for them to actually play the game in its PS5 glory with the haptic feedbacks and all the other bells and whistles. So I'm actually looking forward to this one. Hello, everyone. I have a question for you. Did you know that we have a second PlayStation show called Latest PSX? No? Well, I have news for you. This show is exclusive to Patreon and we have new shows every single week. Over there, we deep dive into news topics, predict large shows, discuss sales numbers and much more. So if this sounds like something you'd be interested in, I highly suggest that you become a patron, support the show and gain access to latest PSX every week. You asked for it. Now you've got it. The ultimate FIFA soundtrack has been decided with iconic artists like Muse, MGMT, Saint Motel, Blur, Billie Eilish and more making their return in FIFA 23's new World Cup mode. Play the World Cup now in FIFA 23 on PlayStation 5. FIFA 23, the world's game. PlayStation. Struggled for a long time with surviving. And you... No matter what, you keep finding something to fight for. It is time for the top 10 UK charts for the week. We're going to dive right into the top 10 this week, no messing about. So here we go. At number 10 is Sonic Frontier with Nintendo Switch Sports at number 9. At number 8 is Mario Kart 8 Deluxe with Horizon Forbidden West at number 7. At number 6 is Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, the dual pack, with Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 at number 5. At number 4 is God of War Ragnarok with FIFA 20. 23 at number three now this is interesting at number two is pokemon scarlet and at number one is pokemon violet hmm, interesting very very popular at this time of year i see now elsewhere in the charts the dark pictures anthology the devil in me debuts at number 16. The Bandai Namco horror title actually sold a little better than last year's House of Ashes. Now, if you liked Until Dawn, I highly recommend the Dark Pictures series of games. Elsewhere, a number of PlayStation games jumped in sales due to console availability at major retailers. The Last of Us Part 2 re-enters the charts at number 18. Spider-Man Miles Morales re-enters at number 26, with sales up 292%. Gran Turismo 7 is back at number 30, with sales up 228%. And The Last of Us Part 1 returns at number 38, with sales up 
454%. For the next two weeks, we should see the top 10 chart change up quite a bit due to Black Friday promotions, heavily discounting games across all outlets and on all platforms. My guess though, FIFA 23 will be back at number one. Catch me next week to see if I'm right for the update. And there's a chart, Alex, Horizon Forbidden West. It it won't leave the chart. It just stays in that top 10, which is great to see on that front. But as Demi mentioned, you, we expect massive changes in the chart over the next two weeks because of Black Friday promotions and sales and stuff like that. Her pick is FIFA 23 will go back to number one. With all the Black Friday promotions, you know what's guaranteed, Alex? What's Star guaranteed? Wars will come back into the chart. Jedi Fallen Order always comes back into the chart on Black Friday. If it does, I'm going to piss myself laughing if it's in the top 10. At any point in the next two weeks, if Jedi Fallen Order is in this top 10, it's like it's done it every year since launch. When Sales Promotion hits, it falls back It's an amazing game, though. It's an amazing game, and it's one which, you know, I would love to see a theatrical release or even a show about, but I think it has a perfect place on consoles. You know what I mean? Mm. So, yeah. I look forward to seeing that. It's re-entry. I like, obviously, that... uh, Obviously, you've got the two Pokemon games that are holding number one and number two. I like that God of War Ragnaroks, despite its big launch, held to still finish above Call of Duty Modern Warfare because I did think it was going to drop to number five this week. I thought it would be Pokemon, Pokemon, FIFA, COD, God of War. Um, So to see that it's still hanging in there by the Blades of Chaos shows that... um, (laughs) The Blades of Chaos. There you go. uh, (laughs) That it's holding on. But yeah, Black Friday deals now. The next two weeks, I cannot wait to see the chart. Will GTA 6 go on promotion? Will Jedi Fallen Order go in there? Will FIFA be predicted as Demi's number one? We'll see what happens on that front. But... We'll move on from the charts. We don't have any game recommendation right now, which is where it fits in because Demi was at the top of the show where she gave you her Black Friday deals. You asked for it. Now you've got it. The ultimate FIFA soundtrack has been decided with iconic artists like Muse, MGMT, Saint Motel, Blur, Billie Eilish and more making their return in FIFA 23's new World Cup mode. Play the World Cup now in FIFA 23 on PlayStation 5. FIFA 23, the world's game. PlayStation. It's Ridge Racer. Ridge Racer. Remember that one? It is time to read out your letters and answer your questions. Remember, you can always tweet us at LatestPS5 with your questions to get them featured in an episode. First up, we have Brendan from Houston, Texas. They say, hey, DSA. Heard another listener use it. It's sticking, guys. I like it. First time user here. We are all well aware of Sony's usual acquisition playbook. They spend years cultivating relationships and only acquire after value to their ecosystem as demonstrated. With that in mind, we've seen a dramatic acceleration with their relationship with Square Enix and 7 Remake. Three big AAA games have since been locked down with no 7 Remake in sight for Xbox. That doesn't just happen. With Jim Ryan insisting their acquisition spree is not yet finished, along with multiple Multiple insiders claiming Sony has their eye on Square, I frankly think the writing is on the wall that we are in the middle of that cultivating relationship phase of the process. What do you think? 
Thank you very much, Demi. Um, and I'm not feeling this DSA. Why is D first? Shouldn't it be SAD or something like that? Like the, this D at the front is not working. Sad. I don't think sad works. I think uh, you know what I mean. Sad. A A S D. No, that sounds like a drug, isn't it? A D S A D S or A S D A D S. Yeah, A S D sounds like a great drug. But I mean, it's a great question because we spent the whole episode talking about Microsoft and Activision and stuff, and you can see that Sony have cultivated this relationship with square over years and years and like years that. you know what i mean groomed exactly yeah. but they've done it for years haven't they ever since, i mean they 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 negotiated square to get final fantasy onto playstation and dragon quest and all these games to get them over to playstation versions which made square as big as they are now but yeah. you are seeing that you know with final fantasy um games you know it's mainstay games final fantasy 7 remake part one Part two is probably going to be the same. All these games that Sony seem to be tying down for Spoken as well. Um, do you think there is a future where Sony will go for Square? I think there is a future where Sony has to go for Square. And it's a future where Microsoft will somehow get Square on their side. So I think we've had the, the flames of those green flames of Microsoft is now on everybody's heels. So I think everybody's starting to realize, okay, going into the future we need to double down and our biggest ips biggest franchises because that's our core audience now you know the, the i don't think for our core audiences i don't think microsoft will ever buy square i don't think they can because the japanese laws are different where sony and nintendo can actually turn around and say no and then they, they can't buy it so you know what i mean it's mm. something along those rules where uh, it can is. be denied before it gets to any regulator or anything like that but I think what Microsoft are doing is they've allowed PlayStation to stoke the flames with Square because it gives them stronger impetus on the Activision side of things. You know what I mean? But we'll see what happens. Um, Do they need Square? I don't think they need to buy. I don't think they need to buy Square because yes, they do. They do. No, because then, like I said, they take exactly what Microsoft proven. Yeah, you buy these massive franchises. You... And then you just sell them to because you get paid either way. Yeah, but I think I think the problem that <laughs> put you have is if, put it on the Nintendo, if, put it on the, if Sony buys Square, you lose a lot of games yeah. on the Nintendo platform because Dragon, you know, these are the, uh, if anything, the biggest third party games on Nintendo uh, are Square where... games. You know what I mean? Yeah. So the question is, will Sony continue to publish on a Nintendo platform? Of course, I don't even think I don't I don't even do. think that I think Nintendo wouldn't allow it. I don't think Nintendo would agree to letting Square move to PlayStation if they were going to buy them. And I don't I think, think Sony needs to. Sony just need to do what they're doing. Look at the IP by IP and pay for the exclusivity for a year. It was working for them. <laughs> you know I mean, what I mean? No, it, it was it was working for them. But like the game market is now changing. You know, we have like these MAGA companies now, especially with the likes of like Tencent and all the others that we've mentioned across the you know the many episodes. You know, it's like there's some big ballers out there who really understand the values of all these franchises. So unless you're ready to secure it, somebody else out there will will snatch it up. You know, mm. so uh, I think Sony should definitely be looking at purchasing Square because obviously they made Square what it is, you know, when nobody else did. So why not? You know, mm-hmm. why not? Get ready for the next battle. Benny from Queens, New York writes, what's good, my trio of weekly goodness? Oh, my gosh. We're getting better with names every week, guys. I'm loving it. I feel like live service games are starting to spoil gaming for me. Having two young kids, I already have a limited gaming time. For the last couple of years, every time I sit down to play a story-driven game, I instead find myself just turning on Destiny 2 or Fortnite because I can just turn my brain off and not have to focus. Plus, there is the fear of missing the seasonal content and falling behind my friends. It took me over a year to beat The Last of Us Part 2, and I'm still only 30 
30% through Forbidden West, even though I bought it on release day. Maybe it's just me, but have any of you dealt with this before? And how did you break the hold that live service games have on you? Okay, Alex. Now, we don't really play full-blown live service games, whether it be Destiny or Fortnite, but obviously Benny is talking about how story-driven games have taken a hit. I think the best we can relate to is, for you, Tetris 99 is taking time away from story-based driven games because it is so addictive for you. And for me, it is the likes of like Football Manager or eFootball or anything like that. But, I mean, Benny talks about he's had, for example, it took him a year to finish The Last of Us Part 2. That's 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 fast for Alex. But your thoughts, Alex? Is <laughs> games is, like it's record-breaking. Games like Tetris and even Minecraft, actually, to some extent, are taking that gaming time away from you from those story-driven games. I mean, yeah. How do you how do you balance it? That's a very good question. I think that, I think a lot of it comes into the two two factors. I'd say one: sometimes you don't really have that much time. You know, you just want to just pick up and play something, and there's times when you've got a lot of time on your hands. You know, and those are bit of times which I generally tend to like pop in a story um a single player game like you know uh last of us or even god of war or any of the many games that have my color catalog to complete um but yeah when you, when you just have like you know a quick five minutes a quick 10 minutes you know what i mean a little burst of free time you know you know besides life that's when the likes of you know like tetris or even minecraft or any of these live service games just come into play it's very easy and also the form factor as well. This is what, like I said, mentioned at the top of the show. I wish that Sony played made like a portable PS4. There is. They I'm do not that. going into that again. There is. We're not going into that again. <laughs> For those listeners who weren't We're not there. going in there. <laughs> but that's the main reason why a lot of these games that I play are just, just easy to pick up and play. You know what I mean? On the Switch, you can just press the button and you're straight into a game. No setup. You know what I mean? You can just play it anywhere. You can play it on the bog if you wanted to. Play it in a park. You can play it upside down if you wanted to. You know, and I think those those um, abilities there are freeing. So it just makes that you can play a lot of games a lot more frequently. But albeit not the massive, you know, narrative-driven games. That's why I'm just hoping that, like you mentioned at the stuff of the, at the stuff of the show, to get a portable PS5 or a variation of uh, so that I can continue to play these games whatever I can. There is a variation of it, Alex. There is no hope. You're just not doing it. You know, it's called a backbone controller and remote play. Goddamn um, backbone. I think for I myself... Haptic beam. I need a haptic, man. I need a haptic beam. I think for myself, um, I've had this problem since PlayStation 2, and that's because of Pro Evolution Soccer and then LMA Manager, but now Football Manager. They're, that's my equivalent of live service games, you know, because I don't stop playing them. I think the only way I do it is if it's something special like a God of War or a Last of Us or Horizon, my mind will automatically put down Football Manager or eFootball or something, and I'll play through that game. Because I understand he's talking about with the seasons and live content, and yeah, that's the same thing. You will want to get through seasons, you will want to get through that, and you're worried about falling behind your friends, but... At the same time, it's it's just that balance. You've got to pick, is it just maintaining and grinding on that live service game or is it about actually playing that cultural story event without it being spoiled? You know, and I only seem to do that with specific games. Like, I haven't even played the COD campaign yet. I've been wanting to play Dying Light 2, haven't touched it yet. There's so many games I want to play in my back catalogue, which I haven't got to, but when it's games that I've already played and it's a sequel like Horizon Forbidden West, I wanted to play because I didn't want it spoiled for me. God of War, definitely. But both of these games, you can rush through them. You can 
quickly get the campaign and then go back. I just take my time. I'm just, I just have the ability to switch off from everything else, focus on that game, and then go back to it, and then I'll catch up. You know what I mean? Um, mm. But Benny, Destiny Two, Fortnite, they're completely different animals to what we're talking about. Um, so if yeah. your worst case scenario has now become to watch the stories on YouTube, then watch the stories on YouTube while you're playing Destiny 2, you're killing two birds with one stone. If time is of the essence, <laughs> point. just Very watch point. The Last of Us Part 2 <laughs> and watch Horizon Forbidden West on YouTube while playing your other game. You're good. Go you're good to go. Game. That's you know a really what I mean? good idea. <laughs> but, um, listeners, that's everything we've got for this show. Demi, thank you very much for those letters and everything else you brought to the show. Alex, any final comments for this week? We're going to go into two weeks now yes. of crazy charts with Black Friday sales and crazy deals. Yeah, you know, yes. and, I'm um, really looking forward to see if uh, GTA is going to make a resurgence. And obviously, as you mentioned, will Jedi Fallen Order um, make its uh, annual popping up in the top 10? Uh, but yeah, stay tuned. And this time next week, I would have finished God of War Ragnarok. I would have platinumed God of War Ragnarok. Hopefully, I would have platinumed God of War Ragnarok. So we'll see what happens. Because I think, it's funny though, because I can see, before I go, I can see now why people say, yeah, the campaign takes this long, but it takes about 40 to 50 hours to get platinum. Because I, I can see, I haven't even looked at the trophy list because I know that I'll get spoiled by something. So... I yeah, can yeah. see where I seem to be getting trophies and I'm like, okay, it is on the side things where they're all lined in and mm. I'm already popping them as I'm going through. So I'm like, yeah, by yeah. the time I finish the campaign, I should be at like 70 or 80% and it should only be combat stuff left for me to get. Yeah. Oh, I can't get off about the combat. It's so good. You know what I mean? <laughs> Excellent. Well, listeners, yeah. thank you very much for listening. If you want to get in touch with us, you can. You can email the ps 5 at gmail.com. You can tweet us on Twitter at latestps5, or you can send us a DM or leave comments on a podcast or on YouTube. And more importantly as well, please subscribe if you're listening to on SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts or wherever you want to listen to the show. Just hit that subscribe button. You won't miss an episode any week. Now subscribe to the click YouTube it now, channel. Click, click it now. Click it now. Click, 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 click. But um, thank you very much for listening and um, good night, everybody. Good night. What am I on about? It's bloody 20 to 3 in the afternoon. <laughs> good, good afternoon, night, everybody. Yeah, Have a great day, everyone. Welcome to the PlayStation.